The Bee Miracle and the Reveal Party. This is episode number 738 of The Next Step, July 28th, 2022. Hi, this is Susie from In His Shoes Ministries welcoming you to a 15th season of The Next Step Podcast with Father Vazgen. With these podcasts, Father Vazgen provides a very distinct and consistent voice for Armenian orthodoxy. It is the means for providing people an intelligent and practical answer to life's difficulties based on the solid principles of love, faith, and hope as expressed by our Lord Jesus Christ. We produce these shows every week for a vast audience, which includes those who are searching for practical and deeper applications of faith, the disenfranchised members of the church community, and of course, the neophyte. So we invite you to sit back, turn up the volume, and get ready to take the next step. So was it a boy? Was it a girl? Or was it other? Actually, yeah, it was other. It was Monday night. We had our reveal party. And no, 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 we weren't talking about gender. We weren't revealing gender. We were revealing the new epostle.net. And we gathered in, in Monrovia, California, dear friend of ours, Marie and Harut Hamparian, hosted a beautiful event on the rooftop of the apartments. And from that view, we also saw way down under in Australia, where so many people joined us on online on a Zoom session. We had people from throughout the United States as well. I'd say it was it was a decent little group that was joining us on on, on Zoom, and we had a wonderful time of the with the people up up in the air on on the rooftop as we revealed epostle.net. That's right, and we did have Armenian beer. We made a special um, request uh, that that if we're going to serve anything, let it be from Armenia. Let's support the economy over there. So we had Kodaik and Giligia beer served. And we had uh, two different types of Armenian wine. I don't remember the names of them, um, but everybody complimented it. It was really good. But, of course, the big issue was, or the big news, was epostle.net. And you know what? I'm going to share it with you afterwards because I have a miracle for you. I have a miracle that I want to share with you. And I think it's a wonderful way to start off this this podcast, to start off with a miracle, because in many senses, what we're going to be talking about, what we did at the uh, at the reveal party, is actually a miracle, a miracle of uh, what we're doing with our abilities. Yes, do you notice something different today? We're testing out a different uh, microphone system on the next step. Let me know if you hear anything different, if it sounds different quality-wise or anything other. You know, I, there, there's some nice bells and whistles on this microphone system, including some, uh, yeah, we have a crowd. Let's see, we could, we can have them cheer me on, okay? Is that cool? <laughs> no, we won't be using those. There's some nice bells and whistles. I don't know all of them. Uh, we used to have a nice engineer named Ken. He used to, he would have loved this system. He would have really, really loved this system. Anyway, um, Ken, if you're listening to us, we, your place is necessary. We we have a, a hole that we haven't been able to fill since you left. 
But I want to start off with a with a um, miracle. And I'm doing this because, you know, I've always told you and I've always shared with you part of my teaching is that miracles are not with bells and whistles only. It's not with thunderbolt and lightning only. This one happens to be. This one happens to be. But I was cautioning you I, uh, and tell you that, you know, Hollywood does a number on us that plays with our head by telling us that, okay, miracles are on these huge proportions where you have uh, oceans opening up and you have uh, the, the sky and thunderbolt and lightning and clouds opening up and voices from the cloud talking to you. Okay, these are nice miracles. But, you know, there's everyday miracles of just life, of people, of people sharing with one another, people loving one another, compassion for one another. And if nothing else, take a look at your child. The smile on his face is a miracle. The the, the fact that oh, a, a small flower opens up from a seedling and becomes a beautiful flower, that's a miracle. And so many, so many other miracles. Um, I go back to Solzhenitsyn's Beautiful writing about the little duckling and all the scientists, he says, all the scientists coming together cannot create a feather such as this. You know, you know what I'm talking about? I mean, like, look around you with this, just the ocean, the stars, the beauty of the sky and, and so on and so on. There's miracles all around you. And so I caution you, don't look for bells and whistles. Today's miracle that I'm going to share with you happens to be one of those bells and whistles one. Happens to be a little bit spooky, too. Yes, should we try out the, the system? Okay, it happens to be a little bit spooky. <laughs> you like that? Anyway, uh, spooky miracle. A very special miracle. Something that um, I, I still I, I still can't process at all, okay? So this is a personal one. Takes place a few days ago. Uh, last year in our community, we had just a horrific, horrific crime committed against one of our young men, 44-year-old man named Maher. And a um, guy on a bicycle just drove up and shot him in, in Los Angeles traffic, in Glendale traffic. And, of course, devastating the community, the family, and it hap he happened to be the son of a of a dear friend that I had worked with maybe about 25 years ago when we start just started doing television broadcasts in Glendale. And she called me up and told me about this tragedy. And at the time, we worked through it with our services, with consolation and so on. So... It happened to be one year ago exactly, and she called me a few a few weeks ago and said, you know, it's his one year of passing. And we have a tradition within our church where we bless the graves on the first year of passing. So I wrote down the date. I said, I will be there, put it on my calendar, and so on. So I get to the grave site, and she comes up to me. The mother comes up to me and says, something happened that I need to tell you. What is it? My daughter saw a dream just exactly a month ago in which her brother, the, the, the gentleman that had passed away, 
Maher came to her in a dream and said, I want to keep bees. And she said, well, you can't keep bees in, a, in an apartment, in the house. And he says, no, I want to keep bees. Anyway, this is about a month ago. And she sees this, this dream and then expresses it to her mother. That morning, in other words, yesterday morning, as we were getting ready to go to the graveside, mother wakes up and outside the house, there is a swarm of bees. A swarm, like I'm talking about hundreds if not thousands of bees crawling up the side of the house. Now, this, you know, you could attribute it to a lot of different phenomena. Maybe they want to nest or whatever. Whatever bees do, I don't know, maybe they want to make honey or whatever, you know. And, but because she saw the dream exactly a month ago, of course, now there's a new dimension to this, right? So she said by the time she left the house, the, the size of the swarm had tripled. Huge. She took a picture, showed it to me. I'm talking about thousands of bees. Okay, right on, uh, outside the, the apartment. Now, as she's telling me this in the, in, um, at the graveside, there's other people who have assembled there to pay their respects and are part of our party. And they overhear and they start making suggestions like you need to go and find a special. There's special beekeepers. There are people. You can't just like, you know, black flag them. You can't <laughs> spray them and, and say, okay, they're going to go away. No, there's special ways that you take off bees. And especially because bees are so necessary to the pollination of uh, fruits and vegetables and flowers, of course. So um, anyway, she people started getting engaged and we did the service. We, we blessed the grave. And after the grave blessing, she invited everybody to a memorial luncheon at one of the local restaurants. And I kindly uh, excused myself. I said, I won't be able to make it. I had other things to tend to. So I went on with my day and I'd say about four or five hours later, she gave me a call and she's trembling. I said, what, what, what happened? She said, remember, I told you about the bees. She says, we got to the house with a few of the guests, and I brought them up to the door, and they all looked, and they were all just, like, amazed at how the bees had assembled there. She says, thousands of bees just right on the, on the front wall. She said, we went inside the house, and about five minutes later, my daughter arrived and said, Mom, there's nothing out there. So she and her guests, they all go running outside and there is not one bee left. There is not one bee left outside. The thousands, where did they go? There's not even one just flying around like saying, hey, I missed the boat. <laughs> I got to get going. No. Okay. Uh, wild. Yeah, I, I think so. It, it could have, it could be phenomenal. In other words, you could say that, well, there's a phenomena. Bees come and they, they hang out. But had it not been for the dream that took place about a month ago. 
And so we started talking. We started having an opportunity to talk and to share some stories. And you know how I feel I've shared with you, my listeners, and, and I had to share it with her, that we tend to believe that everything is limited to our five senses. And perhaps this is the point of divergence between science and spirituality or religion, is that science is basically saying if you, you have to touch it and feel it and quantify it, qualify it, and then it is something that we can document. Whereas in the spiritual world, religious world, you have these unexplained phenomena, things that we relegate to mystery. And, you know, this is where science and, and religion also start coming together. Because at some point, science realizes that you cannot qualify, quantify everything. You can't put everything down. There, there are certain phenomena, certain things that we just cannot explain. But the quest is there to explain it. The, you're in this eternal quest to explain those things. And you look at a black hole and you start explaining black hole. But honestly, it's a phenomena that is, is relatively unknown. Relatively. I mean, everybody's made theories on it, but they still are theories, like until you get into one. And in fact, there's a theory that we live inside of a black hole. We may have been swallowed up in a black hole and the universe that we call the universe is really inside of a black hole. And so we explore. We explore because we want to know what that mystery is, whether it's Copernicus, Galileo, or lately, right? It was only, what, 25 years ago that the Hubble telescope went up? And just new, new, new information is coming to us. And then just, what was it? We just, we, I spoke about it a few weeks ago. It was the Webb telescope that just finally found its place. And we saw the first, the first pictures that were transmitted from, from Webb. And phenomenal. And you're, you're, you're looking and you realize the more you know, the less you know. That there's so much out there that we don't know. And so, yeah, you're going to speculate. You're going to start thinking about these things. What could it be? Now, when you have these unusual, phenomenal experiences, such as these these um, these bees, yeah, you can explain it in many ways that the bees were nesting or trying to create uh, something. But you also have the the unexplainable that just about a month ago you had this dream. Now, obviously, obviously, we can make the connection that this is coincidence. Yeah, okay. And there are people that will say it's coincidence. She dreamed something about bees, and it so happened that a month later that the bees assembled. Yeah, that's that's one explanation. And all I'm saying is open, be open for the possibility of yet another explanation. Namely, that it is a phenomena which you may call a miracle or it is a communication. Now, the five senses that we have, what are they? Um, speech. No, speech isn't. Excuse me. Taste. <laughs> the tongue in this case is for taste. It's not for talking. Okay. It's taste, uh, smell, sight, hearing, and touch. Right? So... These are the things that we you can touch something. But what happens when some, especially, especially in the case when people go blind, 
Another sense is heightened. And I'm sure you've heard about this, that uh, blind people will have a heightened awareness or, of, of their surroundings vis-a-vis their sense of smell, their sense of touch, their sense of hearing. And these senses become very heightened. Now imagine this, that we might have a sixth, seventh, or eighth sense as human beings. But because we're not used to it, we don't, we don't make a practice of heightening awareness via those senses. Is it just possible? Is it possible? Now bear with me for a while that this man who passed away a, a year ago was sending a message that, hey, everything's okay. Right? Via the bees. A bee is a symbol of, well, we, there's an expression, busy bee, right? Busy as a bee. And if you look at a beehive, what is it? It's centered around a queen, and everybody is working. And uh, there is a lot of, uh, it, it's a symbol of creativity too, right? Because they pollinate, and because of bees, there are there is new life that comes out. Flowers, the flowering of life. So, is it possible that the bees were sent, were used by this individual and passed away, and had communicated to his loved ones that, you know, I don't have the ability to communicate in any other way. I cannot talk to you. You cannot see me. But here is a way that I want to share with you. You see this 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 dream and now here a month later I'm I'm making that re- that dream real by bringing these bees on your apartment from the beginning of the day that you remembered me on my first year of my passing through the service through the meal and your friends came back and they saw it and that was enough. After your friends saw it, we needed to get out and the bees were gone, with no trace. Is that possible? Well, we would say, no, it's not possible. Because we say, after you're dead, there's no communication. Well, who says? We do. We're the ones who say that. We're the ones who set those rules. And in those rules, we also set our limits. Is it possible that they're communicating? I have a young man who passed away, uh, I want to say about, seven or eight years ago, to another tragic death, 16-year-old. Um, every time every time we mention him that there's a prayer service, that there's a blessing of his grave, there is a jet stream that flashes across the, the sky. And don't ask me why. Yeah, I know we can say, well, it's just the jets. Yeah, but you know what? <laughs> You can look up in the sky today or any day and you don't necessarily see jet streams. But whenever we've done a service for this boy, there's been a jet stream up there. So much so that his father, wherever he is, he travels throughout the world. His father will send me a text message with the picture of the jet stream if he had a service in another far off country or somewhere else. And it's gotten to the point where he doesn't even have to explain it to me anymore. He just, I know that if it comes from him, it's a picture of a jet stream. I know what he's talking about. It was a way for his son to communicate with us. Is that possible? Yeah, you know, 
I'm I'm open to I'm open to what you're saying. It's just coincidence. That's fine. But it's a little bit too much coincidence. Do you want me to tell you a password story? Uh, passwords. You shouldn't tell anybody. Well, this one I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you a password because it happened to belong to my to my mom who passed away four years ago. Her password was a kind of an unusual word that we used to tease her about. She used to use this word vehance, vehance, right? And um, so when I set up her little iPad, because toward the end of her life, she needed to communicate with us. Her hearing had had gone. And so we found that via an iPad, we were able to communicate via text messaging, uh, sending pictures, sending pictures of grandchildren, of great-grandchildren, and so on and so on. So she had this little device, and the password for that device, when we set it up, was Vehance. Because we used to tease her about it, that you like this word called, this word called Vehance. And it's a cool little word, because when you find out what it means, you know, it, it brings in to it uh, elements of royalty, of humility, uh, all kinds of things. Anyway, suffice it to say that this was her password. Now, you don't hear this word too often, but that made it all the more um, attractive as a password, right? The password that you do not want to use is the word password or one, two, three, four. And believe it or not, there's some absurd statistic that such a large majority of people still use this as passwords. Password or one, two, three, four, four, three, two, one. Something like that, okay? Anyway, her password was Vehance. On the day that she died, we started the, started preparation to honor her with a celebration of life, prepare for the funeral service. And my two sisters went off to... Um, we each took on different responsibility. They went to the florist to get the flowers, for the funeral. And a nice gentleman helped them. Uh, they assumed he was German because of his name, Hans. And he helped them, he assisted them, and they got some beautiful, beautiful flowers for the funeral and for the casket spray. At the end of it, as they were paying, uh, the, the man saw that their name was Armenian and said, oh, are you Armenian? So am I. And he says, don't be confused by my name, Hans. It's short for the Hans. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, you could say it with me. What? <laughs> my name is the Hans. First of all, there's nobody named the Hans. I, I've, been a, I, I've been in the Armenian community all my life. I've never met anybody named the Hans, okay? And all of a sudden, this guy who's preparing the, the funeral arrangement, the the funeral spray, the flowers, a florist. He happens to have the name Vance, which is immediately, immediately associated with our mom. So needless to say, from the florist, they're calling us and say, you can't believe what happened. We got this. But you know what? It, it could be totally coincidence. 
It could be freaky, right? It could be a freak of nature that something like that happened. But it happens too often. And so when they start happening too often, you have to say maybe there is a rule rather than an exception to the rule. And, you know, I'm I'm very confident. I'm not trying to push this on anybody. The bees, the valance, or whatever. You want to believe it, you believe it. It's no skin off my nose. I don't really care. If you believe it, you don't believe it. It doesn't make you closer to God. It doesn't exclude you from God's kingdom. It's just something that I feel is important in my life because it points to something that we have an assuredness of, that life does continue after the grave, that there is something out there which we may not be able to identify, which we will not be able to identify completely in our lifetime. But so many people have pondered through the centuries of human existence, right? What is after this life? After you close your eyes for the last time, what is there? Is there life again? Is there? Is it a possibility that there's a reincarnation, that you come back? Is there a possibility that you live in some paradise someplace, or that you suffer in some kind of eternal punishment. There's all kinds of things that people have thought up of what happens after life. And I think that if we open ourselves up to the possibilities, we will see that there are small little instances where messages come to us if we're open to it. And, you know, one of my big heroes in life is Harry Houdini. One of the things that he did towards the end of his life, he exposed so many of these people. He was so close to his mother that he, he, he wanted to find that, that link and that ability to be able to communicate with the dead. And it ended up becoming an obsession with him that he exposed so many people who were communicating with the world beyond. And he made a a pact with the people after he passed away. He said, I will return on the day of of my passing, which was Halloween night, by the way. And um, ever since, I think there's a small group of people who assemble in memory of Harry Houdini and wait for some kind of communication, which has not happened. I'm aware of that. And I'm aware that millions of people go through life without any communication, and sorrowfully, it's it's over. When it's over, it's over. But I also know that there's millions of people who have some kind of tangible manifestation of their loved one beyond death. Tangible in the sense that there is some kind of communication, whether it's bees or a freaky password or just maybe the smile on your child's face. Jordan Tempo Hakirvet as Navatsav. Dartsav, 
Mince vaid paanam patasham Hartsaj yirkar sharan sharan Aragetan patasham ner vershnakam Kisa khavar mezinchkam der pitichenshes Yerkate gerkum sekh mez khekhtes Pahez Patser ashknast vatsayim naisorel laitselet In zazatet hajjortim patrastvet Չորացատ ձերքը բուժվեց, կենթանացավ, բրուսկ դարձավ, հինգ հազար հոգի կերակրվեց, հինգ հացով, երկու ձգով, մինչ է բայդ պանան պատասխան, հարց է երկար շարան շարան, Aragatam patas khamner verchnakan Okisa khavar mezinch khamder pitichenshes Yerkateger kum khekhtesekh mez pahez Patsarashknast vatsayim naisor elaitselets Inzazatets hajjortim patrastvets Սախավար մեզ ինչքան դեր պիտի չնշես, երկատ է գրկում սեղ մեզ խեղթես, պահես, բայց հրաշկն աստվացային այսօր էլ այցելեց, ինձ ազատեց ու հաջորդին պատրաստվեց, ոկի սախավար մեզ ինչքան դեր պիտի չնշես, Երկատ է գրկում սեղ մեզ խեղթես, պահես, բայց հաշքն աստվացային այսօր էլ այցելեց, ինձ ազատեց ու հաջորդին պատրաստվեց։ Gormachitarian doing Miracles, Harashk, and that is off of the Spirit album. Just the other night we were talking about that album, uh, about where it was, 2008 we put that out, and what a novel concept that was. Uh, Spirit, Hoki, turn the, 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 the artwork around, and it, it's the same word in Armenian and English. You have to see it to understand it. I will have a link on today's show notes to Spirit, but also to Gwod Mkhitaryan, a wonderful artist who we enjoy his friendship through the years. And um, I just heard that he's going to be in concert in the Los Angeles area. Looking forward to seeing him and most importantly to hearing him perform. This one, 
Miracles by Gor Mkhitaryan. Check out his website. And as I always say, support these artists. They make our life so much more pretty. So much more enjoyable. I know you agree. Okay, Monday night we had a reveal party. We revealed the new epostle.net. And if you haven't seen it yet, I invite you to go to epostle.net where you will see a countdown clock. We are counting down to September 25. This year, September 25, marks 40 years since I was ordained a priest, and I'm very honored that the Archbishop of our diocese, Archbishop Hovnan, will be celebrating that with a special um, uh, offering for me to celebrate the Divine Liturgy and offer the homily for that day. And afterwards, we will be assembling in Burbank at the cathedral and at the diocesan headquarters where we will be unveiling the new project, the new next step in our ministry, namely epostle.net. So what we did is we gathered for a reveal party. And like I said, we were up on a rooftop and... We it was really nice. first of all we we had a little bit of problem with the internet which made me realize how dependent we are on the technology that we use dependent in the sense that we wanted to share this information with the group and we had some slides and different visuals that were going to be popping up on the screen and when your internet's down your internet's down there's not much you can do. But we had a wonderful young man with us who, you know, took to it. We troubleshooted it for a good two hours. But anyway, a young man kind of did a few things. And through the magic of of knowledge, right, <laughs> we were able to get up a, a line that got us through the evening. But the the fun part was it gave me an opportunity. Maybe this was necessary. It gave me an opportunity to reflect on what we have done over the past 40 years. And, you know, so much of it has been directly connected to the the technology that we use and that i i attribute to my being in silicon valley at the right time in 1980s when silicon valley was still known as the santa clara valley and in fact our church was the armenian church of santa clara valley and silicon valley was later on kind of popularized and especially during the clinton administration uh, there during the 90s but uh, this was an area which was very, very exciting in the 80s. For me, it was very exciting because it was creativity at its best. People who were taking computers and really expressing themselves. And, and, and this was a world that was exciting to me. This was a world that was speaking to me because in that expression, expressing themselves, I mean, here's an inanimate object. It's a computer. It crunches numbers. But here's an opportunity to push the limits of your human creativity, to push yourselves because with that computer, you were able to create different types of realities. Yes, that's what those games were, those early computer games there was somebody's creativity creating a new world where people can be something that they're not where there are new rules defined by the people that inhabit that place now now you start looking at it sociologically anthropologically you look at it through the the lens of religion 
and you say, how do we get the rules that we have right now? Where do they come from? How is it that people start designing different models? And this was very, very fascinating for me. It was just, I always, I'm very, very thankful. And I, I, I call this a blessing on many occasions. Blessing, as I define, is, um, is luck without the element of chance. There's no chance involved. It's just, it's luck. And so I was there at the beginning of the computer revolution and testing myself, using the opportunity to test those those models there. And I had that fantastic chance. I was um, one of the pioneers in the Armenian church on with, with computers, developing the first Armenian font, developing the bulletin board system, and challenging ourselves to to really use this as a tool for the ministry, a tool for de- developing databases, developing not so much, we weren't talking about doing artificial worlds, but in a sense, now in, re- in retrospect, I understand that we were putting the groundwork for that. But just the fact that we had an Armenian bulletin board system was basically another world that existed out there. And people could identify and could be part of that world by entering into this system. And by the way, there was just one computer line that came into it. It was just on a phone line. It was a phone modem. So we shared. You, There were times where you'd call up the bulletin board system and it was busy. I know that <laughs> that's a word that you don't know. Um, busy signal. You'd get a busy signal. It means that the line was tied up. Anyway, there was many there were many challenges at the time, but what it did is it gave us a chance to really push the limits so much so that we were talking about what the church can how the church can benefit from the use of computers. It ended up lending me a place at the International Clergy Conference in 1992 where I had the opportunity to be the one the only speaker on on technology and how it benefits our church. Earlier than that I I, I had a local conference that I attended and spoke about it and only to be mocked by a group of clergy which you can't blame. You know, you can't blame it's everything. It's it's something new and they mocked it as what are you going to baptize somebody with a computer well actually i i ended up baptizing somebody thanks to a computer um it was several years later and i would say let's see let's see 13 let me do it it's like in the mid 2005 2004 sometime around there where i was um, a family had assembled and the godfather for the child was in France and the plane was unable to to lift. So the family has arrived at the church. We're ready to baptize and the Godfather is not present. And we said, wait a minute, we can make this work. There's something called Skype. There's something called, I don't know if FaceTime was around at the time, but there was an ability to see somebody over the computer. I believe it was a Skype connection. And what we did is we Skyped in the uh, Godfather. And so when the time came, I said, what does this child request? And the Godfather answered, faith, hope, love, and baptism. And participated through this internet connection that was made possible because of technology. And 
He's the Godfather. And so, yeah, yeah, we did baptize somebody thanks to a computer. But that, that's just, that's very artificial if you think about it. It's something that's cute. It's anecdotal. You could talk about it. But the, the, the real strength of the computer is the ability to strengthen our imagination, to push our imagination to new limits. And that's what we are doing with epostle.net. Um, I'm going to invite you to go to epostle.net right now. You will see the, the countdown clock and there is a place where you can put in your address and we're going to be sending out newsletters beginning in a couple weeks, I hope, um, which will keep you updated until the September 25th date. But we had a chance to also talk about the design of the new website, which is not going to be your traditional website. We talked about Web 3.0. And I'll just give you a brief little introduction to it. It involves virtual reality. It involves going out there and being in places where you never thought you could possibly be. Right now, as you know, Mount Ararat is in Turkish control. It is in the Turkish boundaries. And it is while it is accessible, you may not be able to get up there the way you want to. But imagine being in a situation where that virtu- via virtual reality, you can not only be on Mount Ararat, but you could be exploring places where people like the, um, the hermit Totik or exploring places where Noah's Ark is said to have landed. And not only that, imagine getting a sermon by yours truly in areas like that. All through the power of what this technology has in store for us. So when I tell you to pray for this ministry, it's because it needs the prayers. It needs people who believe in it, who want to know that we can do it, that God has given us tools, and those tools need to be exploited. It's no different than when he gave us a printing press and what did we do we started printing bibles it's no different than when he gave us the the alphabet so that we can start documenting these things it's no different when he gave us the gift of art and we started painting or we started putting together stained glass windows to express these stories and so on and so on that will be appealing that's what a stained glass window is right you can't go out there and talk to people about jesus's life because they're going to say, what is, what is that? You need a means by which you can open that door. And that stained glass window is beauty. And you look at it and you say, wow. Why did these people take the time to draw these drawings? Whether it's uh, the frescoes up on the Sistine Chapel. Why did a genius like Michelangelo do this? Oh, maybe... There's something to the Jesus story. Maybe I need to explore that. Or the stained glass. Or the computer. There's a computer model. There's a new story that's being sent out. I'm very fortunate that uh, my dear friend Greg Baylerian has accepted the challenge to put together the website. He is um, working diligently with our crew. I'm very, very excited. And actually, this is one more project that we've been working on since those of you who've been with the next step know our, our history we go back at least 20 25 years where i used to bring him and he'd he'd speak to the young people about creativity 
And later on together, we, we formulated the 777 project. Um, we, we've had different seminars. We've done the hundred year journey going on both sides of Ararat and so on and so on. So many projects that, um, I'm, I'm very honored that he's doing this because he understands where this ministry is going. So uh, look for it. Get online. Put put your name in the um, in the email box, and you'll be getting newsletters. You'll be, find out what's going on. And I'll be honest with you, you next steppers, you always get the first chance at everything anyway. But this is going to be cool, okay? So trust me on this. Um, Epostle. Do I need to tell you? Epostle.net, apostolic evangelism for an electronic and expanding universe. I want to share with you just a, a personal note right now on a passing of somebody who was very influential to me in my life. Uh, I just lost my uncle. We called him Uncle Peter. Uh, Peter Gurgen, he was, let's see, uh, my mother's second cousin, would that be? Let me explain the background, okay? He and my mother shared a common great-grandfather, okay? So there, my mother and his, uh, and my mother's mother and his father were first cousins, making them second cousins, and I become third cousins, I guess, with their children. Anyway, Uncle Peter was, um, was, was a Berkeley graduate. He, he was exciting because he was the cool uncle. He actually rode his motorcycle down while we lived in L.A. As a young, impressionable kid, he rode his motorcycle over to our house. Um, he was a physicist. He worked for NASA. He was involved in the space program and would always send us cool little things about space. And I remember back in 1978 as a college student, I had, I remember as a college student taking this class in Einstein. It was, uh, it was called something like Einstein for the non-scientist, if I remember right. And this was a series of programs that were giving out at Cal Poly Pomona. And the reason was uh, it was the 100th anniversary of Einstein's birth. So I signed up for two of the classes over there. I was a student over at Claremont, which is adjacent to Pomona. So I signed up for a couple of these classes on Einstein. And it was taken from the, the non-scientific uh, route. But it got my scientific curiosity to the point that I was thinking about time travel. And I wrote this letter to Uncle Peter asking him, asking him about the dynamics. And this is before, uh, what was that popular movie that came out? Michael J. Fox, um, Back to the Future. This was before Back to the Future. But you still had the dilemmas because these were being talked about in philosophy like, can you go back and meet your grandfather? And if you were to alter something in your grandfather's life, would it affect you? Of course it would. And so these were all explored in the popular movie, Back to the Future. But here we were as a nephew and an uncle. I'm exchanging some ideas with him about the physics and the laws of physics and everything. And you know, this was the beauty of this humble 
men, he actually wrote me back explaining it in scientific terms, giving me the the calculations, the mathematics that was behind space travel. And I was just so impressed that I kept that I kept that letter. And you know what? I think about a year ago, I stumbled on it. And so that's why it's fresh in my mind. About I'd say even less than a year ago, I stumbled upon that letter. It was, it was close to me and I read it and reread it. And, uh, as, because I knew his health was deteriorating and Susan and I had this beautiful opportunity last month to, to see him, um, before his passing. He was a, a true humble man who studied the cosmos and now, is there, is is forever a part of those cosmos. We will miss him. May God rest his soul. Before getting back to the next step with Father Vazgen, I'd like to take this opportunity to remind you that this ministry is supported through the heartfelt donations of listeners like you. Thanks for keeping us in your prayers and partnering with this expanding and dynamic outreach. The next step is entering homes and communities with a solid message proclaiming God's message of love, forgiveness, and compassion. We look forward to your comments and words of encouragement. Please consider partnering in this dynamic ministry by making a contribution. By pressing on the donate button on our website, you can set up automatic donations, either weekly, monthly, or annually. Your donation goes a long way in furthering this ministry. Even more, tell your friends and family by sharing the Next Step link or website with them. We're on iTunes and Blueberry as well as Facebook and Twitter. We are excited about this ministry and invite you to share in our enthusiasm. This is Susie wishing you all of God's blessings in your life. We now return to the next step with Father Vazgen. Thank you, Susie, for that announcement. And thank you, all of you, for all the love, the support, your friendship, your kind little notes that you send my way. I love them all. And you can send me a note, yes, at feedback at epostle.net. Do I need to tell you what ePostle is? Well, get on the get online and check out ePostle.net and you'll find uh, that we're on a countdown right now to launch the new program. Hey, listen, um, I want to steer you to two great little opportunities. One is an ebook, an electronic book, um, and the other one is a podcast. Uh, the first one, this podcast came to me via a uh, dear friend, Jim who told me about it, and i got to tell you, it was just very, very moving. It's worth a listen. It's about an hour long. It is on the Kel- Kelly Corrigan podcast, and it's called Why Keep It a Secret? Imagination, God, and Solidary, Solitary Confinement. It's about a prisoner in solitary confinement for crimes he was accused of, sentenced for, crimes that he did not commit 30 years and how the power of imagination. And I think more powerfully, the, the, the faith in God that was instilled in him by his mother. It is definitely something you need to listen to. There will be a link on today's show notes. You can do that. You could just 
press on it and and get that particular episode. I have not listened to any of the other ones, but Jim tells me it's worth listen worth following. Kelly Corrigan show. I'll have a link on today's show notes for sure to both. Yeah, to the actual show and this particular episode. Uh, the other one, uh, are you a Simpsons fan? Yes, that Simpsons. Um, there is a, a fantastic book um, that I just listened, and I would really suggest that you do the audio book. I found it at L.A. Um, Library, but I'm sure it's all around. It's probably on audibles it is by nancy cartwright my life as a 10 year old boy is the name of the book i'll have a link on today's show notes it's her experiences doing the voice of bart simpson she goes into a lot of the background but there are some really beautiful and touching parts uh, that i would I, i recommend it's a book that probably it's better as a listen than as a read but it's up to you. I'm sh- I was try as she was reading it because the author herself reads it as she was reading it. I was trying to picture that if I was reading this, would I be able to? Would it have the same impact? It really has a great impact to hear her voice, Bart Simpson's voice, doing that. So anyway, I will put a link on today's show notes. Okay, that does it for today's show. Hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed producing it for you. We look forward to seeing you on the net at all the usual spots. Epostle.net is now growing at a phenomenal rate, so much so that I think over the weekend you're going to see some changes taking place on our social media accounts as well. Anyway, in any case, I will report about it all next week when we get together. So on behalf of our producer, Susie, and myself, Father Boskin, we look forward to seeing you again next week when we will take the next step. Stand by for disclaimer. And now here's the fine print. The information and comments presented within this podcast and our website do not necessarily represent the views of the Armenian Church hierarchy, but are presented as a challenge to define the dynamics of Armenian Orthodoxy in all aspects of life. Listening to these shows is habit-forming. Addictive behavior associated with the next step is rarely, if ever, remedied. Rather, the next step is known to relieve and cure common cases of narrow-mindedness, prejudice, numbskullness, and glaucoma in patients over the age of 20. Results may vary depending on credit rating. Findings are based on double-blind studies conducted in Istanbul and Jerusalem. Side effects include mind expansion, clarity of focus, higher rates of heart palpitations, sensitivity to the pain of others, and occasional nausea. Demandment and production crew vpostle.net take full responsibility for changes you will experience not valid with any other offer I forgot to ask you if uh, you're seeing the same sky as we are Uh, bye